Hey, everybody. Thank you for joining us for today's episode of Certainty Talks. On the show, we talk about the system that we use to get clarity on our goals, certainty that we have the tools to reach them, and wealthy on our terms by rigging the game in our favor. And we share here because we want to help you reach your goals on your terms. You've been told to scale, buy all these products from every which way, often from good-meaning people. So it's not your fault when you're looking around and you ask yourself, why am I not where I want to be in my business? As our mentor and business partner, Dan Nicholson, says, the biggest risk is that we don't get what we want out of life. Got my good friend and business partner here in the Whale Club, Mr. Paul Sparks himself, not only a successful real estate investor, but also a certified certainty advisor. And guys, if you get value out of the show, please hit the subscribe button right now so we can help more people become wealthy on their terms. Title for today's show is The Three Rhythms You Can't Ignore When Growing Your Business. Before we do that, six-word updates. What you got, Paul? Six-word update today. Setting intentions to finish 2023 strong. I, uh, You know, we're coming into the kind of creeping into the holidays, and they're going to be here before we notice. Um, you know, this is the time I was we, – we were just kind of talking before the show. This is the time of the year where this is perfect lead-in to what we're going to talk about today, but where I'm normally on vacation <laughs> because I need a vacation at this point in the year most of the time. Um, <clears throat> And so we'll talk about uh, just kind of setting intentions and understanding the rhythms of different things, personal rhythms, stuff like this. So I'm just thinking a lot about how to finish the year strong, how to not blow myself up, how to not burn myself out. Mm -hmm. You know, we're, we're going to make a push, but we can't just finish and redline and leave nothing in the tank because we got to start over again yeah. in 2024, right? So managing our emotions, managing our energy and our time and all these things. It's, it's a little bit like we got to practice what we preach. You know, we talk about this all the time on this show, but mm -hmm. it's so much easier to say it much harder to actually do it and get your behaviors to change. So I'm trying to uh, take my own medicine right now. Yeah, that's, that's awfully mature and, and good of you because my six word update is the exact opposite. <laughs> uh, my six word update is I'm still in my own way. Right. Like we I've shared before on this episode, we bought closemarsales.com. That's going to be our magnum opus. Right. We're going to plant our flag, we we're going to be the preeminent sales training organization across the country, right? And I can't help but thinking, now that I've come up with a plan, I've shared the vision with the team, I can't stop thinking about what comes after that. We haven't even started this yet. <laughs> or think about what happens after that. Like, I'm constantly thinking about the next move before we even finished starting the, 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 the current move, right? Like, it's so hard for me. It's like, we got to finish 2023. We must finish, right? And we are focused on that because everyone here is focused on that. But while I'm telling this, everyone that finished 2023 strong, I'm looking at 2024 and maybe 2025. Yeah. <laughs> it's so easy, right? Because <laughs> our brain just wants to connect all the dots and we don't want to just be patient, take that yeah. micro step, get the, get the information and then kind of step yeah. from there. So it goes back to what we call or what we learned, we didn't, we didn't make this up, but what's called the G.I. Joe bias. Mm -hmm. We've been talking about that a lot lately. Yeah. What's the G.I. Joe bias? Uh, knowing what your biases are and still be a, a victim to them or being susceptible to them. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So we like to think that, oh, just because we raise our hand and we say, hey, we deal with shiny object syndrome. We deal with chasing more. We deal with like over not micro-stepping. Mm -hmm. We know that we do this stuff, yeah. but we're still – just because you know that and you have to call attention to it doesn't mean you're not still subject to it. Yeah. Um, and that's just the work that we've been putting in over the last couple of years. It just keeps coming up. Yeah. And there's all sorts of shame and guilt that comes mm -hmm. with that. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. I mean, I talked to, so, you know, I put in our whale club chat we were, when we had our, our call yesterday, I put in there, right? Like um, my natural state is to be lazy and sit back and dream. Right. Uh, and I had a call with Jason Marks a couple of days ago and I kind of shared with him, right? Like, Sometimes I wish I didn't want so badly, mm. right? Because that's where I struggle. It's like, man, like, look at all these things we can do. There's so much opportunity. Like, let's go conquer. Like, but that doesn't really plug into our solvable problem. <laughs> so anyway, what's the problem? What are the three rhythms we can't ignore? Like, what's the problem here? Okay, so the problem is that Again, Steve and I, when we just to make this perfectly clear, when we talk about the problem, we say we, 
or most people. <laughs> Again, we're just talking about ourselves. We're talking about the actual problems that we deal with. So this show is just a reflection of the stuff we've observed about ourselves and that we've also noticed that other people struggle with. So yes. we don't mean to overly generalize all these conversations, but we're just we're more speaking around like what we struggle with as entrepreneurs. And and you might be able to relate to some of this stuff. Uh, so the problem is that oftentimes we're ignoring some of the natural rhythms that exist in the industry or in your business or in your personal life. And it's sort of a little bit like swimming upstream or, you know, we were, we were just kind of throwing some examples out there and I was making the point that every November for the last or every fall between October and December, it's not always been November, but around this time, every single year for the last five years, my wife and I have taken a vacation to Hawaii because that's our favorite place to go. And we'll save up money throughout the year so we can go take this trip. It's an, it's an expensive trip. We know. We like to be there, so we go. Well, this year, we just didn't do it. We had a lot going on. We've already had a lot of trips and weddings that we've gone through. And I'm recognizing that this is a time of the year when I need a break. And so my point is, is sometimes we were, we were talking about like in Hawaii how like we go out there and we go surf. And it's, it's almost – like when you're surfing, timing is so important. Timing the wave, knowing when to start paddling before that wave gets to you. And if you paddle too soon, you're going to miss the wave. If you paddle too late, you're going to miss the wave. So learning to read the, the terrain or what the waves give you is really important. But I just have this viewpoint of looking at myself, you know, in business from up above. And sometimes I'm just paddling in the middle of a wave sometimes, you know, I'm, I'm not paddling in the right place, but because I want it now, I'm just so eager to start paddling. I'm just, I'll just start paddling and eventually a wave will hit me. Mm -hmm. um, so I guess what we want to talk about today is the problem is, is that we fight a lot of times, some of the natural rhythms that exist and we add more friction or just more resistance to the process because we're not acknowledging things that just exist doesn't matter whether you like it or not. If you right. paddle in the middle of the wave or another analogy we'll talk about is Jim Rohn. He has this whole monologue. He talks about the seasons of life. Mm -hmm. You know, it wouldn't make sense to plant in the winter. You don't plant your seeds in the wintertime, even though you might be hungry. Well, it doesn't do you any good to plant in the winter because it just they won't take. Mm -hmm. You plant in the spring, you harvest in the fall. And if you don't understand those natural rhythms, you might be fighting against it. So we do this you and I do this all across our different businesses. And we'll talk about the three areas that you can really hone in on to avoid making those mistakes. Yeah. Perfect. So what's the first rhythm? So the first rhythm we'll talk about is what we're, we're just, we'll expand on what we call industry rhythms. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, as someone who's been through now a couple market cycles, you mm -hmm. know, talk to me about the rhythms of the industry. So there's a couple different rhythms. First is annual. So uh, every year in the Phoenix market, there's similarities in other markets, but in the Phoenix market, it starts taking off sometime in March. And it starts slowing down in July, right? And so like the, the corny joke I used to make was that the real estate market kind of follows the two major holidays. Once Halloween occurs, the market is slowed down. Once the Super Bowl occurs, because for me, that's my favorite holiday, right? It goes up. So we can see every single year this happens. And yet every real estate, not every, but a majority of real estate professionals panic every single year at the same time of year, right? And you see it in the Arizona Republic. You see this in the newspapers, market slowing down, right? It's like it happens every single year. So that's the, the annual cycle. And by the way, I've always done well historically in December because everyone takes it easy, right? Everyone else is enjoying the holidays. I'm weird. I don't need a break. We always do well in December, right? Well, uh, let me, let me add just a, so like it's different in Colorado. Yeah. You know, it doesn't start in March. It starts as early as mid January here. And mm -hmm. it really runs till about end of April. That's mm -hmm. like the prime selling season. So first of all, if you didn't know that the Phoenix market is prime between late March and July mm -hmm. and Colorado is different. It's one state over really. And it's like, yeah, but there's a, there's a shift in how we 
go to market because once it starts warming up in May, nobody's buying houses. Yeah. Yeah. You know, they're they're out doing stuff. Well, in July here, it's like 115 degrees. Like no one wants to be outside. Right? Yeah. So it just it comes to a screeching halt. Um, and it doesn't pick up again until the kids are back in school. And then uh, we have, I think they say it's like seven-year cycles and 20-year cycles in real estate where, you know, we kind of have this or these cycles that go up and down. And, uh, you know, we're, we're predicting that, you know, eventually the, the interest rates would go up. And once interest rates go up, it's going to impact housing. And, well, we've been experiencing for the last year, year and a half, right? So we know that times will not always be good. We know that appreciation does not go linearly right it it goes up it goes down it goes up it goes down it how much is changing is depending where you are in the cycle so yeah in real estate there's there's the annual cycle and then there's the uh recession inflation cycle Mm -hmm. yeah i have not experienced the full cycle of an entire real estate market Mm -hmm. um and you, I, that's what I've always heard, seven to 10 years. So let's just like address the elephant in the room. I mean, we had a major uh, market down cycle mm-hmm. in 2008, really from like 2008 to like 2010, 11. Mm-hmm. Um, I was in college at that time. I was not buying real estate. So I have no you know, real uh, point of reference for that. Mm-hmm. And so how does someone that's came into real estate in the 2010s, maybe they started in, let's say 2013 mm-hmm. and they rode that to 2021. Yes. Yeah, but nothing but good times. What do they not know, Steve? What do people like me not know? Uh, you might not know like, well, a, I mean, you know that everyone, not everyone, but a lot of people make really make decisions based on the foreseeable future, not for the, the long haul. Um, I think that the things to know is that relationships are more important in a bad market than they are. Not, not to say it's not important in a good market, but in a bad market, like you need good relationships. Um, knowing who is even more critical, right? Like go back, go back to my REO days, getting the bankers drunk to win business, right? Uh, if you knew who had money in 09, you could clean up like the hedge funds did, right? But I didn't know the people who had money, right? So I think relationships, if I had to go do it all over again, I would have created better relationships. I would have created better alliances to be able to take advantage of that market. Uh, yeah. Other things I would say is everyone, not everyone, but in a bad market, like half your friends will get divorced, mm. right? Because wow. I mean, the reason why people get divorced is finances. And man, so many people got divorced in that time. Wow, that's interesting. Uh, yeah, that's interesting because I just, that's a good point. You know, if you don't experience these market cycles, yeah. you're like, wow. Now I'm like thinking through some of the people that I know that are going through challenges in their marriage. Um, it's because we're hitting, we're hitting some like, yeah another point in that market where I'm not saying we're headed to a recession. I don't know that for sure. Mm-hmm. But what I do know is it's definitely different than when I started yeah. uh, in, back in like really 2020 ish was when I really started moving hard into real estate. And it's like, this mm-hmm. was great. Yeah. The problem wasn't uh, it was, it was indigestion, mm-hmm. not starvation. As we like to say, right. we had enough to eat. We were just eating the wrong things. You're eating too much. You're eating like, you just couldn't control your eating habits. Exactly. Um, now it's like, ooh, it's getting you, – you can't just – there's not enough to go around. Like I don't mean that to sound like a scarcity mindset. I, I don't believe that there's no opportunities. What I just mean is, is there's not – they're not rel- readily available. It's not as abundant. You have to make deals. Mm-hmm. They're not just like sitting on your sidewalk. Um, and you know, right outside your door, there's deals everywhere there was. It seemed like – the problem now is um, you've got to become operationally excellent. And this is just another factor in where I think we are at in, in the just total market cycle is it's really easy to see, you know, it's chaos and rigidity. Mm-hmm. We talk about, 
this, you know, this oscillation back and forth between, hey, everything's good. And then everything starts, you know, okay, now we got to shift back towards being operationally excellent. So mm -hmm. that's just kind of recognizing where we are. Another phrase that I just kind of jotted down as you're saying that is there's also something to be said. Well, you got to make hay while the sun shines. Oh, yeah. Build those you reserves. Know? Build that business treasury. Yeah. If, if you're not taking chips off the table, mm -hmm. that's something that we hear repeatedly at Collective Genius. Take chips off the table. Mm -hmm. Why yeah. do people that have gray hair keep saying that to us that don't have gray hair. Why? Because they've been there. They know what it's like to go, you know, crazy <clears throat> in the summertime, but you're not taking chips off the table knowing like winter always comes. If there's one thing that we know mm -hmm. about business and life is that winter always comes after fall. Mm -hmm. Fall always comes after summer and summer always comes after spring. These are the cycles they're so predictable, yet it's the people that don't plan for the wintertime in the summer that get screwed in the winter. And if you don't, I think sometimes, uh, at least it's what it was for me, you got to get your hands slapped. You got to go hungry all winter long mm -hmm. to know how important it is to take chips off the table in the summer. Yeah. So that's just wisdom, I think, from guys who have been hungry all winter. And they're like, you don't want this. And if you don't listen, you're going to find out. <laughs> yeah. And there's a reason why, uh, you know, I was talking to someone uh, who's gone through a couple of these. And I had lunch with him. And he said, hey, you know, just so you know, Steve, a lot of your colleagues on the real estate side are going to fall by the wayside. So, yeah, that sucks. But totally get that. And he said, also, a good percentage of your friends and the education side are going to be out of business. I was like, how can that be? It's a highly, really high profit margin business. He's like, it is a high profit margin business if you know how to run a business. But once everyone's wallet dries up and you're not running a business properly, you're going to see that. And you look around, that's happening too. Yeah. So <clears throat> also let me just say this. Most people don't think that they're most people. One of my so, favorite quotes. <laughs> I love that because I, I'm just so guilty of this. I remind myself all the time. Yeah. There's a reason why these folks, if you're, if you're trying to account for industry rhythms and you've been in the business for less than one full market cycle, it's wise to listen to the people who have been through multiple market cycles because you've never been through a winner. You don't know what it's like. You don't know how cold it gets. You don't know how hungry you're going to get and how important it is to prepare for that in the summer. Mm -hmm. I wish I had taken that advice more seriously. I really do. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I think like a, a lot of us are going to go through a hard winter. Personally, I think it's going to be a tough winter. I mean, like, we're actually rolling into winter. So not mm -hmm. only are we going into winter, it's going to be a little bit more challenging, I think, over the, for the next 24 months just based on where the interest rates are, you know, they're trying to slow inflation down. This is all normal and part of larger economic cycles if you zoom out and see it. So, okay, well, if we know that winter is just a part of the seasons, it just means what, what, what can we do now to get through this winter? Mm -hmm. What decisions do we need to change? And also, let's make sure that uh, – we don't make the same mistake when the springtime comes again and right. it's time to start planning again. Well, don't be that person who's partying all summer long and just blowing money. It's like, you got to build a floor and raise the floor. You got to take your chips off the table. So that's what I think of when I think of the industry rhythm, it's mm -hmm. fairly predictable, but we fight it, but we don't account for it all the time. And why is that? Cause we're humans and most people don't think that we're most people. Yeah. We all believe in our, we, we believe in our own, Propaganda. Yeah. So that's an easy one. That that makes a lot of sense that there's different market cycles. There's different times of the year in your industry that, that exists. That's going to be different for different industries, right? Mm -hmm. um, we it's, it's fairly predictable in real estate, and you got to also learn that on a local level. So the first rhythm to account for is the industry rhythms. The second is what we're going to call business decision rhythms. So Let's talk about something that I think is easy for business owners to understand. 
is if you've run a business in real estate, I guarantee you, you've run up to, against cash conversion cycles. What is a cash conversion cycle, Steve? Uh, it's a time from when the money goes out to the money comes back. So if I spend 10,000 on direct mail or I spend money on direct mail on January 1st, when does that money come back? Is it March 1st? That's a 60 day cash conversion cycle. Is it November, right? I mean, it's like 10 months later as a 10 month cash conversion cycle. So cash conversion cycle is when money goes out until money comes back in at a multiple, at, at a multiple. Yeah. So there's that can be broken out, broken down and looked at kind of a bunch of different ways. Mm -hmm. One way to look at that is through the marketing lens. <clears throat> there's certain marketing channels that are going to lead to uh let's let's refer in the marketing channel the cash conversion cycle is time from the marketing going out to the the inbound lead mm -hmm. that's a marketing cycle mm -hmm. the sales cycle is is definitely going to be different depending on the type of marketing campaign you do there's some sales cycles like with like um uh you would know this more than i would but like ppc mm -hmm. The sales cycle is really fast because a lot of these people are very intentional. They're looking for something versus um, a cold call that might take a, a while to mm -hmm. build that relationship. You might have caught them at a time where they're like vaguely considering this or maybe they weren't even considering it. And they got this text and they're like, hey, I'm I'm listening. Mm -hmm. um, that's very different than someone who's got intention that says I'm looking to sell my house now. Have someone come out, and give me an offer. Right. Um, so. First off is let's not be the person that doesn't understand the differences in the conversion cycle. So if someone says, well, what should I do? What marketing channel should I do? Mm -hmm. Well, that's a loaded question. That actually came up on one of our calls this week, you know, mm -hmm. is like, well, should I do direct mail or should I do some other thing? And it's like, well, the answer is almost always it depends. First of all, what are you needing? Does your this is a matter of, again, I'm getting fairly technical here, mm -hmm. like liquidity versus solvency. Liquidity means if you're a flipper, you've run into this problem where you got all your money out. It's on all these projects. Or maybe you've run into this even with wholesaling. You've got all your money out for something like a direct mail campaign that's going to yield revenue within six months. But you need it within three months mm -hmm. because you've got to pay your bills. Otherwise, you're going to be out of money. And this is just a mistake I've made way too many times. Yeah, we and all have. it's just, <clears throat> I would say it's one of the number one mistakes I see across real estate investor businesses is mm -hmm. not properly managing your liquidity and your solvency. Again, liquidity refers to being able to pay your debts less than a year. So you don't have enough money to pay the credit card off or you don't have enough money to pay the employees or whatever. That's a liquidity problem. Solvency refers to your ability to pay your long-term debt, so things over a year. Um, so you can be illiquid and also solvent. You could be liquid but uh, insolvent. You could mm -hmm. be both or the other. So they're kind of different things. Right. But my point is, is if you don't take into account these different rhythms that exist in, let let me throw some other you know things in there. How about hiring people? <clears throat> I think a lot of times we we hire a salesperson with the expectation that, oh, they'll be up and running within a month. I'll train them and they'll, it's like, yeah, but a good, how long does it take for a salesperson, Steve, to get effective and really producing the results that we want them to? To get a signed contract, maybe 30 days. To get a closed contract, four to six months. To learn sales, the way we preach it, where we believe it should be done at a competent level, maybe a month and a half, two months, to be excellent in sales, eight to 12 months. Like there's a lot, a lot of different factors in there. Right. So not accounting for those things, or mm -hmm. let's say you hire a new, I mean, here's just a classic mistake that I made. I spent so much money on marketing where I didn't have a trained, really like high, highly trained salesperson, 
I was, I like to say I was like driving traffic over a bridge that wasn't stable. You know, I was so eager to try to spend, spend, spend to get leads, but mm-hmm. we weren't really that good at closing them. Um, I see that problem. I also see the problem where you're hiring salespeople and you're not giving them enough leads to work on. So it's just like, and it's, and it's lining these rhythms up. So when the marketing goes out versus when the salesperson's trained to be able to hit it versus, yeah. So it's like, I don't mean to overcomplicate it or make it sound like it's this Pandora's box, but it is something that I think we overlook. We don't properly account for the time frames it takes for things to kind of, uh, you know, happen. Yeah. I mean, we see this a lot, right? Like, Hey, I hired a salesperson. Like how come they're not closing deals? Like there's a lot, uh, we see this a lot in sales leadership. All right. And it's the reason why Ren and I teach this is that you have this idea that, Oh, I got a salesperson. They should be good to go. Like, well, they still need to learn the systems. They need to learn the dialer, the CRM, the lead source, comping if they're not in real estate before, right? Like there's all these things they have to learn to be an effective salesperson. And we think if we just throw them out there, they'll figure it out. And the reason why we think that is because that's how we are if you're a business owner, right? Paul, I got an appointment at at three o'clock today. Can you run it? You're not going to be like, oh, I don't know. Not sure if I'm ready. You're like, oh, hell yeah, I got this, right? You throw me out to the wolves, I'm going to be extremely borderline overconfident, right, Mm -hmm. to go. But most people we hire aren't wired that way. So we throw someone out there who doesn't know how to underwrite, who doesn't know what the comps are, who doesn't know the sales process, and we expect them to just go get out, go out there and get contracts. Yeah. When you say this stuff out loud, it's like, well, duh. But, I mean, if you're listening to this, like, just are, you know, raise your hand if you've ever made this mistake. Of course. We I can have. almost guarantee you countless if you're running times. a business. Yeah, it's countless times. You're going to make it again, yeah. actually. You're going to make it again. The question isn't if, it's when, and how do we reduce the number of times that we're just ignorant to the rhythms that exist in our business decisions. Yeah. Things take time. People take time to develop. Um, I, I have these moments, and I can just speak. To, here's the other thing. I, the, the phrase that my, my partner and I, Nick, always say is, we're in the fire. You know, We're like in the fire. Mm-hmm. And our employees, the people who work for us, they aren't. So, again, I, as someone who's new, I should say fairly, relatively new to a lot of the people that, um, like you, who's been in business for 16 years plus, you know, I'm still learning how to manage the, the emotional roller coaster of running a business. The highs, the lows, the deep, deep lows, the, the you know, exuberant highs, the amazing, amazing moments. But our employees don't thrive on that. They thrive on reliability. They thrive on like, listen, I just want to do the job and I want to do it well and I want to be paid for it. Mm -hmm. And there's nothing wrong with that. But as entrepreneurs, what I've noticed is I get this sense of like, it's not happening fast enough. It's Mm -hmm. not happening fast enough, you know, um, where I want things to go quicker than they can. And that leads to bad decisions. That leads to taking action on something because you're not, recognizing like hey when you made this decision it, it's probably it, it maybe it was the right decision but if you're adding all this urgency and all this pressure before mm-hmm. it's done like no you can't take the cookies out of the oven until they've been in long enough i get that you want to eat them but you got to leave them in for the certain amount of time they have to bake yeah. you know and so it's just about managing i think that one is a little bit more about managing your own emotions and your own expectations on what it's just going to take some time yeah. and also matching things up so that they hit. I don't know. I have a lot of thoughts on this, but it's, oh no, there's you know, a lot to it. Right. I mean, I'm, as you're talking about this, I'm just th- thinking back to some of the conversations that uh, we've had in our, in, in sales leadership, right? It's like the, this is going to sound borderline offensive, maybe to some people, but I can definitely say this was true in my business, right? My first year is running a business. Versus the years today, and today's not excellent by any stretch of imagination. But the first years, right? If you talk about like a Pee Wee football team and like an NFL team, right? 
at the Broncos or Cardinals, but like a good NFL team, right? When the ball is snapped, like everyone knows what they're supposed to do. Everyone knows what they're supposed to do. Right? They, they know what they're supposed to do. They know what their teammates are supposed to do. But a lot of us in the first couple of years in the business, it, it looks kind of like a PB football team. And that's and I'm, again, I'm guilty of this. Right? Like we know what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to score touchdowns. We're supposed to get signed contracts. But the lead manager doesn't know what the acquisition manager is doing. Acquisition manager doesn't know what the transaction coordinator is doing. Coordinator, the transaction coordinator doesn't know what the display guy is doing. Like everyone is kind of like when you watch uh, kids play soccer, right? On on Saturday mornings, it's like everyone's kind of doing their own thing. It's definitely not coordinated action. Mm-hmm. One of the things that I'm running into, like literally this morning, I'm having conversations with my team about this. Is so I've got this. Uh, I took my wholesaling business, mm-hmm. as you know, and realized that it was not the right business for me to be running for a lot of reasons. And if you listen to this show, you've heard me talk about this before. But point is, is I took the best asset from that business, which was uh, my my partner now in this uh, contracting business. He is a great uh, operator, someone that gets shit done, mm-hmm. basically. Um, and he's he worked at a manufacturing plant, led a, you know, a shift team of 50 people. So he's great at like managing people and contractors in particular. So we took him and essentially had him start running with this new business. Part of the thing was with wholesaling is I got to meet a lot of the investors in town. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that they all struggle with is having someone reliable that can do their construction projects. And so, we found this great little niche where we can just pivot our business and and do more of a service style business. But the rate at which we are learning is so fast that, and I may, you know, let me give you a perfect example, like stop using vanities from Home Depot and go order cabinets from local cabinet suppliers that we can actually source cheaper. They look better we can create a more standardized product that doesn't look like it's from home Depot, mm-hmm. but we, it requires some additional planning and like, there's a little bit more of a lead time. You can't just go pick them up. So my point is, is, well, that's a business decision that as, as Nick and I are in the fire and we're learning so much so quickly to the people that we're distributing this information to, it can feel like you're just changing things constantly. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, so part of recognizing about your business decisions, how does that affect your team? If you're not properly setting what we call allegiance capital, which is like telling them what's coming before it comes mm-hmm. so that when it happens, they're not surprised. They don't think that you're just this captain that's jerking the ship around. Right. It's like, no, we are adjusting in real time to the new information that we're getting. And it's about establishing that in the culture. It's about establishing it's okay that we're changing. I get it. Um, so that's just, again, another example of how business decisions in a, I'm growing this business and we're learning and we're adjusting and you have to go back and recognize that first of all, they're never, the people that work for you are not in the fire. So Mm -hmm. they're not going to learn at your pace because they, they have let that's, it's just less, um, less involvement, I guess maybe it's the way to say it. They just don't have like us. They're not wired, They're not like, wired us. like us because if they were, they, they wouldn't work the for us. Or lose. They wouldn't work. They wouldn't work for us if they were wired like us. Sure, and it's not a knock on anyone. It's just a matter of aligning with the business decisions. So again, if you're building a new business and you're constantly adjusting as you should be to the reality of what is there in front of you, you're making good, sound decisions over time. Realize that to your team, oftentimes that can look like you're just changing your mind all the time. Yeah. So the best way to deal with that is to tell them that it's going to happen before it happens. Mm-hmm. Tell them how it might feel. Tell them how it might affect them. And just as and most importantly, tell them that that's okay. Right. right? It's, it's normal. This is all part of the process so that when it does happen, they're like, oh, right. They told yeah. me this was going to happen and then it happened. Yeah, it's that you talk about, you know, the th- rules of three and 10. You know, Jimmy Vreeland talks about the valley of despair. It's like, hey, every so often, we're going to hit a ceiling. And we do, it's going to suck. That's just the valley of despair. Mm-hmm. Right. So then, every once in a while, when they hit it, it's like, hey, remember, I said we were going to hit the valley of despair. 
we're here. We're in the Valley of Despair. Now we just got to get through it, and then we're going to be over here. Yeah. Right? He's just setting that allegiance capital. And people just want to know where we are. That's it. They just want their bearings. They don't want to feel like they're lost. They want to feel, uh, we say this quote that says, um, am I going to be okay? Humans, comma, all. Right? <laughs> this yeah. is what we all say. Am I going to be okay? Am I in the right place? Um, and especially people that work for a, a business owner, they want that. That's what. That's why they work for you is mm -hmm. because they want to. They want a certain level of predictability in their life. So again, back stability. to the whole the rhythms. Mm -hmm. Understand that there's rhythms in all of the business decisions that you make. Things take time, especially in marketing, in sales, any of the initiatives that you're bringing. It all takes time, and understanding the rhythms to that, how that affects the other components in your business, and layering that on top of the industry rhythms that exist are something to start becoming more in tune with. You're not going to be perfect. You don't have to be perfect to take action, but start noticing them. Start right. trying to account for them in your decision-making, and it'll get easier and easier over time to do that. Absolutely. All right. So the third rhythm that we want to keep in mind are personal rhythms. So this is what I was alluding to with like this time of the year, Here's what I know. I just burn it on both ends all year long because I enjoy what I'm doing. But it also, you've got this energy tank mm -hmm. and, and it's slowly depleting, right? You're slowly depleting the energy. Um, and there's a debt that has to be repaid with that, mm -hmm. right? So part of what I know about myself is about this time of the year, there's, there's debt that has to be repaid. Yeah. Um, and I'm almost positive that I need to go when I get off of this podcast with you, go walk up to my wife and be like, we're taking a vacation somewhere this month because, <laughs> because I know enough about myself to know that if I don't, we're going to roll into the next year without being refreshed, without paying that debt back. And the debt will get repaid one way or another, yeah. whether that shows up in health problems or in relationship problems or in just, I mean, there's all sorts of ways it manifests, but I think I know that about my own yeah. personal self. I gotta health, take a break. Relationship or business. There's a lot of different places you can show up. Sure. Yeah. So, you know, give me an example of another of, of, of a personal rhythm that you experience throughout the year or throughout the day, even. Um, I mean, I can say for sure. I mean, personal rhythm uh, on daily. I mean, I go to after lunch and I never have like a big lunch. Very rarely do I have like a decent sized lunch. It's normally like protein chips, protein cookies like that. But I always have an energy drink every day after lunch, right? After, you know, that two o'clock lull. I always have an energy drink around that time. Um, I don't feel a need to have vacations, right? I, I think I'm just broken, you know? When you were saying like no judgment on the people that want the, the stable life, I really look at us. We're the broken ones. <laughs> Right, so we're the ones that are like hard charging, go, 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 right? We're the ones that, you know, potentially might have issues that we need to resolve ourselves and we just work it out through business. 100%. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I don't have a need to go uh, this or that. However, I do know now in my marriage that we do have, like we want to go travel on breaks. So fall break, summer, winter break, uh, spring break, right? Like the four breaks, right? I do know this now. And so we're intentional with it. It's like, hey, let's start planning ahead. We know that this is important. We know that the kids' fall break is around this time. We know the spring break is around this time. Let's go plan for this so then we can put this into a rhythm. My biggest problem is not the rhythm of going to take a break. My problem is when I'm on a break, I'm restless. So, you know, you mentioned going to Hawaii. We went to Hawaii, right? I went myself, my wife, my three girls, my parents, my in-laws for seven days on the uh, in Oahu. And after three days, man, I was ready to get back to work. So my <laughs> rhythm is not I need vacations. My rhythm is I can't stay on vacations because I'll get restless. Well, this is isn't this come back to the whole know thyself and yeah. you can find it out however that however Sun Tzu says it, but mm -hmm. know thyself. This is a this is a youth thing. Mm -hmm. personal rhythms you know um do you have kids 
Okay, well, <laughs> I can guarantee you're going to have some rhythms of that you're going to have to account for that mm -hmm. somebody else wouldn't. Um, when when your kids are in, on school break, when they have fall break, different things like this. Uh, well, I can say for about, sure like, my routines are much more on point when the kids are in school because I got to yeah. take them to school. I got to drop them off. I get to the office earlier. I can get more work, more work done. I'm more productive because I can I can drop them off. When they're not in school, I'm not as, you know, there's not that time I got to drop them off at school by. So then there's not that time I got to be in the office by. And it just kind of leaks throughout the day. Mm -hmm. So I definitely have a daily rhythm with kids and school. Yeah. Let me give you an example of my personal rhythm, kind of along like what you're saying there. I think there's a lot of people who, first of all, it's very prescriptive. Like, you got to get up in the morning and this is what you should do. And then you should work out. And well, here's what I noticed is, um, so here's like what my day looks like. And I actually, I started noticing yesterday because my, cause I rolled my ankle, you know, to like three weeks ago, mm -hmm. it, it totally threw me off. And so I've just been a little like short with my partners, my wife, my assistant, Sonia lately. Mm -hmm. And I think what I realized is like, dude, you're, you're not getting up in the morning and going, I take the dog for like a 30, 45 minute walk every morning. And it's like, get up, shower, go outside and walk. And that just allows me to kind of like think really, it's almost like med meditation in a way mm -hmm. for me. It's just very routine and consistent. Well, I wasn't doing that. I also wasn't playing basketball. I like to say like, that's how I get my zoomies out. Mm -hmm. You know, I got to get the zoomies out some way. And I wasn't working out. I wasn't taking my walks in the morning. And because of that, it was affecting my mood and the way that I was like communicating with people. And well, that's just, okay, well, that's obvious, but yeah, but I let three weeks go by without noticing that, how that's mm -hmm. going to affect my own, my personal rhythms were going to be thrown off. You know, so, it's funny you talk about that, right? Cause like, um, I had, I, I got some tendonitis, right? So I, I retro my Achilles tendon like about 10 years ago. So I got some tendonitis there that, that kind of comes and goes. And um, it was really bad about a month and a half ago where I, I was on crutches <coughs> for a couple of days. And so with that, I couldn't play basketball, obviously. Didn't go to work out at the gym with my personal trainer because I'm functionally useless. Didn't go to Kung Fu right, for three weeks. Right, I didn't do any of these things. And I'm out of town in Florida hanging out with you, right, a family mastermind. Not sleeping in a, my own bed. I get back and my team's like, Steve, what's wrong with you? I'm like, what are you talking about? It's like, your energy is just off. <clears throat> and you look around, it's like, oh, well, have not been eating well? Have not been sleeping in my own bed? Haven't gone to the gym? This is what it is. Right. And it's, <coughs> it's predictable is what we're saying. Yeah. You know, this is the, this is like, not becoming victim again i'm bringing this back to I, we do this all the time it's not about not doing it's about doing it less mm -hmm. and with you know the intervals get shorter and shorter so okay i recognize that now the importance of and just like you're saying like the importance of knowing that if you're going to be on travel like for a while you just recognize it's probably going to affect certain other areas of your life doesn't mean you can't travel doesn't mean you have to always be perfect doesn't you don't always have to have perfect conditions in order to still be a champion is what jeff yeah. dr jeff would say right but you certainly need to account for it and yeah. recognize it you need to be aware of it yeah so i mean even so the other point that i wanted to make too is i have a lot of people that don't so what i noticed is i have this personal rhythm when i'm firing you know i'm up by about 6 a.m i'm showered and out the door by 6 30 with the dog we walk come back i read or i'm journaling i'm just doing some things to kind of get myself prepared for the day uh if i miss that then i end up just rolling into stuff and just kind of like it's like a like someone with a hammer you're just trying to hammer everything down there's no rhyme or reason it's just a to-do list it's not a priority list you just start doing stuff because that feels productive living so the that's unplanned the living the unplanned life yeah, so that's the first thing is I've got to have that to anchor my day. It's not everyone needs that. I do. The second thing that I noticed is by about, and this is not rocket science, by about 
I'm tired. Like I have this massive drop in my energy levels. So I have two options. I actually have three options. One is continue barreling forward Mm -hmm. and continue fighting the rhythm, the, the personal rhythm that I have. That's the first option. I do that sometimes. Doesn't always work out well. I'm almost getting nothing done. Don't do sales calls in that time is what I've learned Mm -hmm. because you're just not, you're not in a good headspace. You're tired. The second option is take a nap. I used to have all this shame and guilt around like taking a nap at two 30, three o'clock in the afternoon. Cause I would, I'm not talking like a 10 minute nap. Mm -hmm. I'm talking like an hour nap. I lay down. That's too much. I take a nap because then I can get up at like four and Mm -hmm. I can, I can finish working from like four to six. I also get brownie points for working a little later, Mm -hmm. you know, sometimes I, Mm -hmm. I don't know why that's important to me, but uh, I like to sh- <laughs> I like to work sometimes into the evening. The reason I can do that is because I took a break, right? You know, around two thirty, three o'clock, because I'm tired. Anyways, here's what I found though: it's just as easy to take a nap as it is to go to the gym. Mm-hmm. Actually, both things accomplish the same thing. I you, I think that I'm tired, but and a nap is like what I want. But actually, what I found is just going to the gym a little earlier, getting into the gym by three, it accomplishes the exact same thing. I'm yeah. like taking my mind off of things. I'm like getting my exercise in because again, if I know if I go at five, the gym is packed and it's really hard to get in there. Yeah. So I found this really nice natural fit is where I'll go to the gym now from three to like four thirty, And then I can come back, I can shower up and then I can, you know, do some stuff from five to like six thirty or seven in the evening. And that just works for me. I learned what my personal rhythm looks like. And mm-hmm. I've now, I've got to be aware that when that gets disrupted, it's going to affect my energy levels. It's going to affect my relationships because my energy levels come down and then I mm-hmm. get a little more irritable. I'm shorter with people. I don't have quite the same patience as I should have. Mm-hmm. So anyways, just calling attention to some case and points around personal rhythms that if I violate those things, it becomes a problem. Yeah. Well, you're, just, you're not your best self. Yeah. All right. You need a Snickers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. This yeah. episode is brought to you by Snickers. So, so the three rhythms: industry, mm-hmm. business decisions, personal. Yeah. And if you violate it, you're basically running against. You're running into the wind. Yeah. You're running into resistance. You're fighting. Not to say you can't persevere and power through. We're not saying that you can't. Just know that you're running with some weights, with some, you know, some drag. Yeah, you're just burning a lot of resources and energy fighting <clears throat> something that you just can't control. Industry mm-hmm. rhythms, you can't control those. Right. Business decisions, you can control those. <coughs> and they need to be managed. That's actually, again, that's what's gotten me so many times is I just, I was not aligning my business decisions to be able to like hit at the right time and or I didn't set the proper expectations. You know, that's what got me in trouble there. <coughs> I know it's gotten you in trouble as well, right? Yeah. It's gotten everybody. Definitely. Those, those are what bite a lot of us business owners too often. Yeah. <coughs> Excuse me. And then the other side is if you can't adjust for the industry rhythms, adjust for the business decision rhythms, and adjust for your personal rhythms, or at least be aware of them, now you can run with the wind in your back, mm-hmm. right? This is when you, you, you jump a little bit further in a long jump, and you set world records on the sprints, right? You're running with the wind behind your back. Yeah, it's a consistent, <clears throat> prolific achiever that mm-hmm. understands these things. They understand that there's natural rhythms that exist in the universe, yeah. and with our own personal you know, success and they're waiting. It's timing. It's restraint. It's all the things that we like to talk about. Uh, and so, yeah, the problems oftentimes exist because we're not accounting for one of the rhythms that is just, you're, you're, you're kind of, like you said, swimming upstream, you're fighting against the current, you're paddling in between a wave, you're planting seeds in the wrong time of the year. It's all these things are all just analogies to sort of explain that take stock of your rhythms. If you're, if you're in real estate, you can probably 
you know, listen to the guys with gray hair to mm -hmm. tell you about the industry rhythms, get in rooms with guys with gray hair. They've been through multiple market cycles. They understand things that we will never be able to understand unless you've been through it. So don't be naive to think that you can, I'm not saying you can't navigate it on your own, but I'm saying, wouldn't you like to have a little bit of a, a heads up of things that you know that are coming so you can account for it? The business decisions in my mind is about slowing down to understand the trade-offs and the full implications of all the things that you're doing. That's really difficult too, because we want to go fast. Yeah. It's the JG Wentworth bias. It's my dream life and I want it now, you mm -hmm. know? So we make all these decisions as if it's all going to like happen right now, but we got to adjust to the reality of the timelines that these things take to really bear fruit. Um, so adjusting to that. And then of course, knowing yourself at a deep level to be able to understand, Hey, listen, this is what works for me. Be willing to try things, be willing to understand, Hey, if I, you know, that's why travel for me is dangerous. Too much travel is dangerous because it throws me off. Mm -hmm. And so I'm still learning again, how to account for all the personal rhythms. If you need to take a nap in the afternoon, stop apologizing to people. If you yeah. need to go to the gym at certain times in the day, because it, aligns with your own personal uniqueness well be bold and courageous enough to play your game that's what's going to lead to success is like building it on your terms we're big fans of that obviously um rigging yep. the game is about finding what that means for you and then aligning with it so yeah that's i think i think this was um <coughs> this is something that's might may sound obvious but is super easy to overlook and mm -hmm. we're just we're repeat offenders you and I. It's one of those things it's easy to it's obvious when you hear it. It's obvious when it's pointed out. But unless you actually sit down and, and look look around, it may not be so obvious. Yeah. So um if someone wants to find out more about their rhythms, how it applies to their business, how can they learn more about that? We have first of all, Dan talks about this in reading the game. Mm -hmm. So there's you know a good section on that. This is, uh, you know, something you can go to realestatecertainty.com. We are, we've got four spots left in our upcoming group of whales. If you are looking to take the tools like what we talk about on this show, learn how to implement them into your business, learn how to get clarity and find the most efficient path to get there. We believe that that's aligning with the rhythms that exist in the mm -hmm. world. You know, not fighting against them. This is the type of stuff that we do. So if you got specific questions about that or you want to learn more about how to get involved with this next group of investors and, and learn these different tools to get clarity and certainty in your business, you can go to realestatecertainty.com. There's a button that says apply. Click that. It'll ask you a few questions and it'll set up a call for us to kind of go through some of these things. And yeah, I'm happy to spend some time answering the questions that you have. I don't know all of the things, but I can certainly give you the tools yeah. that we use right? This isn't about um, playing doctor. This is about saying, hey, here's the tools that we use to get clarity in our own life that we're using to navigate the business decisions that we have. Mm -hmm. If you want those tools, I'm happy to share them with you. Just go to that website and uh, click that link. All right, perfect. So we'll wrap it up here. Thank you guys for watching. We'll see you guys next time.